0: Can everyone hear me okay? Well, you're such a lovely looking lot. <laughs> I'd like to start by um, telling you a story I heard the other day. Um, once upon a time, there was a shepherd attending to his sheep at the edge of a country road. A brand new Jeep Grand Cherokee screeched to a halt next to him, and the driver, a man dressed in a designer suit with expensive shoes, flashy wristwatch, and sunglasses, asked the shepherd, say, if I can guess how many sheep you have, will you give me one of them? The shepherd looked around for a moment and said, all right. The young executive parked his SUV, connected his notebook in wireless modem, entered a NASA site, scanned the ground using GPS, opened a database, then printed this report out in his mini printer. He turned to the shepherd and said, You have exactly 1,586 sheep in your flock. The shepherd was astounded. That's right, wow. You may have one of my sheep after all. The young man took one of the animals and put it in the back of his jeep. The shepherd called out and said, Hey, before you leave, if I can guess your profession, will you pay me back? The executive smiled to himself and said, Sure, go ahead, try. The shepherd said, You're a consultant. The man said, That's right, but how did you know? The shepherd responded, very simple. First, you came here without being called. Second, you charged me to tell me something I already knew. And third of all, you really don't understand anything about my business. So can I have my dog back, please? (laughs) So this morning we're talking about Jesus, the good shepherd, how he guides us. What is a good shepherd? Well, currently... It's a 3.7% chocolate milk stout that I have in my beer fridge at home. This is one that I created. And when Dave actually asked me to talk about this, I was like, the Good Shepherd, that sounds like a great name for a beer. So that's what I've got. But we're not talking about beer today. So we're talking about Jesus and the Good Shepherd. What is a Good Shepherd? Um, Shepherds were not wealthy or highly established members of society. Um, In fact, if we looked in Luke 15, the Pharisees and teachers almost shunned these types of people. Yet, I might point out, who was the first to see Jesus? So they were very important to Jesus. If you would like to turn with me to John 10, we're going to read from 11 to 15. I'm reading from the New Living Translation this time, so I thought. Um, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will leave the sheep because they aren't his and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he is merely hired and has no real concern for the sheep. I am the Good Shepherd. I know my own. Or, I own my sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, I will lay down my life for the sheep. So a shepherd, their responsibility was to watch over the sheep. And that required wisdom. It required bravery. And an understanding of a particularly unpredictable animal. But one thing that was very predictable was sheep getting into trouble. You see, sheep had the unique ability to drift from the herd and get into trouble. And it's by our very nature that humans are prone to getting into trouble. Who's got into trouble in the past? (laughs) Raise your hand. We're all... I even thought about creating a checklist here of things that we can relate to when when it comes to sheep. Sheep get into trouble. Sorry, sheep have trouble getting along with other sheep. Yep. Sheep are stubborn and difficult to manage. Yep. Keep sheep constantly wander away or run away. Yep. We like to go our own way. We get distracted and we come, become disillusioned. We rebel like children. We, we walk away. And that is why Jesus uses this example here. The sheep needs a guide to keep on track. I remember um, when we'd done Youth Alpha in the past, we used to play a game, and it involved um, two... like It was often like Lego or something, something to build, and there was two teams, and one team would be pitted against the other. But the only thing difference was one team had the instructions to put this object together, the other team didn't. And the idea was that with the instructions, that team would would win or complete the task quicker than the person who didn 't. Um, sometimes we had some really cheeky, cocky teenagers that defied the, the the story that we were trying to portray. But the idea behind that was that we needed a guide to be able to construct this thing, and it was to reference really the Bible and our guide in our lives and What better way to talk to m- this morning about the shepherd than talking through? One of, a great, one of these great passages in the Bible. And I like to call this a biblical sandwich. This little nugget here, right, you imagine from 15, uh, 11 to 15, this is like a sandwich. So you've got the bread, you've got the salad layers, then you've got maybe the cheese or the meat, um, and then you've got another bit of bread underneath. And here we've got, so I want to pick out a couple of things. See, at the start of verse 11, there's the reference to the good shepherd. So if you take that, then we've got the hired hand, he runs away and leaves the sheep. That's kind of like another layer. Then you've got the wolf attacks and scatters the flock. That's kind of like maybe the middle layer. Then you've got the hired hand runs away again. And then you've got the good shepherd, which could represent the bread at the bottom. But yeah, there's this extra little piece on at the bottom, which is, I know my own and they know me. So it's kind of like, it's quite poetic, I think, in it, because if we look at it, you've got the good shepherd is at the start and the end of this passage. The hired hand is kind of the next in line, that mentioned twice. And then you've got this nugget in the middle, which is about the sheep being scattered and the wolf. So you would kind of see that as a sandwich. Does that make sense? Um, but... There's this little extra bit in there at the bottom. I know my own and they know me. Or maybe it's like a bit of sauce or something on the side. Um, but, but it made me think about how he knows us. Because it, it's, it's about recognising his voice. And if we look further back in this chapter... If we look at from verse uh, 1, I, surely, I assure you, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate must be me- merely a thief and a robber. For a shepherd em- enters the gate, the gatekeeper opens the gate for the sheep, and the sheep hear his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So that sense that Jesus is calling us, that there's a need to be able to recognise his voice. Do we hear our master today? What voices are we listening to? Also, what I thought was quite interesting here is, although this kind of like sandwich has got the wolf maybe at the centrepiece of it, is there more to it than just that? Who is the real enemy in this passage? Is it the wolf or is it the hired hand? You know, the hired hand is maybe more the salad bit, This is uh, just as evil. Joking, yeah. joking. <laughs> I like salad, don't we? The w- wolf, we know it's agenda. It's some, it wants cute sheep to eat for supper. But the hired hand shouldn't be overlooked. So let's look more closely. So a hired hand has a responsibility, and its job in those days was to support the shepherd. Um, he would be recruited probably from some kind of agency, I imagine, um, to help with the bigger herd. Um, So the shepherd himself might be able to cope with like 50 to 100 sheep on his own, which is pretty remarkable, actually. But that's anything more than that, and then he would probably need to hire someone to help him with with the sheep. So that's where the hired hand comes in. So he had no interest or connection with the sheep. He was just there to be paid to do a job. He had no love for them. The shepherd knew this. Jesus knew this. They probably got a bit of a reputation. Oh, did you hear about the hired hand who ran off with the shepherd's money? <laughs> I got proper fleeced. <laughs> I'm here all morning. Thank you. <laughs> now the wolf we immediately see and recognise as the devil uh, that comes to kill, steal and destroy. But what about the hired hand? Sometimes, rather than looking at the wolf, we should be aware of who we live, aware of the one that lives with us, who leaves us for the wolf and runs. He was given a responsibility, but then he just ran off. Can we be like the hired hand? Can we dodge our responsibilities? Are there people in our lives who run the other way when trouble comes? just ditch us and leave us. The hired hand, yeah, he was was a bit of a dodgy folk, because he was in it for himself. He's not really interested in those he serves or leads. And so often the devil is in the detail. You know, the world might see the enemy as a red and like red with a pitchfork and horns and a tail. But most often, the enemy disguises some, himself as someone like handsome and attractive, someone alluring, someone, someone charming, someone that could be followed. And who do we follow this morning? Are we listening for the master's voice, the shepherd's voice, or are we listening to something else? We need to acknowledge that we are vulnerable and defenceless without him. We are defenceless without him. And that that brings me on to another important point, which is that we are... Who are we in Christ? It's so important to know who we are in Christ. Our identity in him. Because that, that enables us to be protected. Who are we in Christ? Who do we follow this morning? I'd like us just to turn to Psalm 23, which is also a very well known passage. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green pastures in green meadows and he leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honour to his name. Even when I walk through the valley, the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You you welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. I love this, this little bit here. All the days of my life I will live in the house of the Lord forever. There is a, a chapter actually that uh, we'll, we'll look on in a minute that refers... Has some similar comparisons in Ezekiel, um, but I, I, when I was reading this, I said, "Who was who actually wrote this?" It's David, the shepherd. So it was someone that actually was able to identify with this. He was writing this from a place of him being, you know, a shepherd, understanding this position. And um, when I came to this bit about your rod and your staff will protect and comfort me. I was like, it, it, it stuck with me. Im- I was like, there's something to unpack here. Uh, as many of you know, uh, about two months ago now, I broke my foot four places when I went down a slide in a soft plate area. Yes, I did. And I was unable to wait there for at least four, four and a half weeks. And then I was on crutches for another four weeks. Um, So when I was thinking about the crutch and needing that support, it enabled me to sort of move around and guide me. And then I was thinking, well what does the rod and the staff actually do? So I did a bit of research. And uh, this is what I found. So. I always thought that the rod and the staff were kind of the same thing, but they're they're, they're actually technically two different things. They, the The shepherd would have like many different instruments that they would use. Sometimes they even used stones that they would fling. That sounds familiar, the slingshot, um, to yeah, to protect against uh, animals and prey. Um, but the, the the rod, it was kind of like a weapon. I, th- I believe it was like a short little stick, um, but it was used. To drive away the enemy. Jesus is our defence against the enemy. He is for us. We need to take courage from the fact that Jesus is battling for us, He's protecting us. You know, I think this week I've had a bit of a tough week at work. It's just been really intense. And there's been several times when I've like, felt a bit beaten down and trodden on. And actually, I felt God saying, especially this morning, you know, pick yourself up pick yourself up again, you can do this. And I think that's our nature. We, we, we tend to just get up and go eventually, but we do like to have a little moan on the way and when we feel a bit trodden on. But actually, we're very resilient humans. We, we're able to actually, you know... So I want to encourage you this morning that God is on our side, that we, we should be able to rise, we should be able to get back up and try again. I'm, I'm the world's worst worrier. And Every day I'm thinking, worrying about it, worrying about that, and they're just little, littlest things. But then once they start plaguing on my mind, then that can cause me to my, affect my work and my attitude towards the day. And I think we need to lay, out, lay that down before God, um, but realise that it's okay to feel like that, feel trodden on, and, and that we can just pick ourselves up and go straight back up and on our way. The rod was also used to count the sheep. By passing under the rod, one at a time, the shepherd was able to make sure every sheep was accounted for. Are we accountable to God? I think we are. We are accountable to God. He wants to make sure that, you know, I mean, it might seem like that he's punishing us at times or being unfair, but actually, there's a love that comes with that with being accountable to him because he's got our best interests. The rod also allowed the shepherd to examine the sheep under the wall just to see whether they've got skin disease or wounds or broken bones. He was able to examine them, see the condition they were in. This shows us that he, we are accountable before Jesus but it also demonstrates his care and his love for us. He loves us dearly. He wants to just make sure that everything's right, that everything under the surface is all right. We're great in this nation of putting on that kind of face and telling people, yeah, everything's great, when actually deep down it isn't. And we need to recognise that, but also allow God to deal with that. He loves us. He cares for us. flock of sheep, so um, often they would drift apart. Um, and it just allowed them to pull them back to their mothers, especially if it was the lambs. And if you, if you go to a farm and you see... Um, basically, if, if, the, if the shepherd was to touch the lamb himself with his hands, the, the chances are that the ewes would reject their young, and they wouldn't allow them to suckle on their milk. So if you ever go to a farm and you see sh- like the lambs being fed by bottle, it's because they won't, their mums won't allow them to take their milk. Um, so there was an importance as well in actually using the stick rather than affecting the relationship between the mother and the baby. The staff was like an outreached hand, an outstretched hand, an extended hand... To bring families together. Amen? God's in the business of bringing people together. Not just families, nations. You know, I I think it's very relevant at this moment in time when the nation is very divided. We need more of Jesus to be able to bring us together. Whatever our political views are, what our religious views are, we need to be pulled together. And, and God's, it's great to know that God's in the business of pulling us together, bringing the lost sheep back. You know, we hear in other verses about he will go out of his way to bring the lost sheep back. God is in the business of bringing people together. He longs for his family to be together. Uh, you think of the prodigal son. Classic example: The sun comes back. What does God want to do? Celebrate. God loves a party. He does. He loves a party. He celebrates when people come back more than he does that with Christians that are within his flock already. He loves a celebration. He wants to bring families together, societies together, and nations together. We must continue ourselves to extend a hand out to those on the fringes of our church but also in our streets and in this city. If you would like to turn with me to Ezekiel 34, just like to share this with you as well, because there's some comparisons as I shared, uh, similar to the Psalms. Oh, I've lost the page now. So, Ezekiel 34, there is a bit kind of pre the bit. There's a whole section on the shepherds, but the bit I want to look at is here, entitled in my Bible, The Good Shepherd, from 11 to 16. So, this is what the sovereign Lord says I myself will search and find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock. I will find my sheep and rescue them from all the places to which they were scattered on that dark and cloudy day. I will bring them back to their homeland of Israel from among the peoples and nations. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the rivers, in all the places where people live. Yes, I will give them good pasture land on the high hills of Israel. They will lie down in pleasant places and feed in lush mountain pastures. I myself will tend my sheep and cause them to lie down in peace, says the sovereign Lord. I will search for my lost ones who stray away. I will bring them safely home again. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. Jesus is in the business of bringing his flock back. There's some comparisons obviously in here where he talks about the, the green pastures, meadows and, and streams and It just reaffirms the importance that God really identified and wanted to show us that that we are like sheep, in the sense we're vulnerable. But also he understood um, the importance of a shepherd and what they needed to do. The Promised Land that they were after, the Israelites. Feels a bit like our church, to be honest. Wandering around for a long time. Going from place to place, from new pastures to another new pasture. I honestly believe that God wants us to have our own building, no matter what. But we've been on a quest. And I think every place that we've been to, thinking back to when I was really young, that it's, we've gone through a journey but it's been right because it's, it's changed us. It's enabled us to grow and strengthened us. There's been trials and tribulations over the years, but I can only see that as a positive in the fact that we've actually learned to grow and nurture through those things. Think of it as so, leading us into a promised land. When a, chur- when a shepherd sorry, leads his flock to new pastures, it can be a dangerous quest. If you think about it. Just travelling from one pasture to another would involve negotiating valleys and hills. That's what David talks about through the the valleys and the the shadow of death. He knew this because he'd actually taken his sheep through sort of quite dangerous lands. The The terrain wasn't like Peterborough, it wasn't flat. It wasn't boring, it was highs and lows, lots of mountains lots of valleys, and the land was often not fenced. So travelling between these fields meant that they had to be kept away from any crops because that might infringe on someone else's land. And, and sometimes the only path that separated them from the pasture and the crop field was a narrow path. What does it say here? guide me along the right paths, bringing honor to your name. Sometimes it's a narrow path. If If a sheep was to stray onto someone else's land, he would then have to pay damages to the owner of that field for destroying his crop. Also, you've got the streams that they had to negotiate. So for some maybe more strong and abled and faithful sheep, They would cross with ease, but the lesser experienced sheep, or the young ones, may be swept by the current and the shepherd would have to go and rescue them. I think we can identify with this as a church. Have we experienced our highs and lows? Found ourselves on narrow paths? Been attracted to places that weren't right for us? been swept away by times, at times, by currents of life going downstream, down the river, being attacked by wolves. I think we can all answer yes in some form to, to these experiences. So I think this whole concept of the shepherd and Jesus leading us is very relevant to our church because we need to keep focused on where He's leading us. He will go with us and bring us rest. Wasn't that the kind of, what was the, the vision or the, the, the tag for one of the, my presence will go with you? And I would <laughs> go. Every place we have been to, every, every school or venue we've been to, has equipped us and allowed us to grow. But maybe it's finally time for us to actually lay down our roots in our community. As we come to the end of the year, it's a time of reflection. To think on the events of the year and to remember Jesus as a good, is our Good Shepherd. But I'd like to take this opportunity this morning for us to dwell be quiet before the waters? Do we need to hear his voice this morning? Do we need to stop listening to the hired hand? He's just gonna drag us down and then run away when he has the opportunity to? Or do we need to stop being like the hired hand and dodging our responsibilities and when things get too tough we just go, run away? Do we need to know his rod and his staff, that they bring comfort? Do we need to take a step out and walk with Jesus into new pastures? Are we the ones that are lost and need rescuing? Do we need to feel a bit more of God's love, compassion, and more passion for him and his kingdom? I'd like to invite Jeff to come and the band to come back if they can. and They're going to lead us in a final song. But I'd l- I think we should all respond in some way to this. Because, and use this as a time to reflect. And, and ask God, what does he want from us, individually and as a, as a church, that we would hear clearly, as we go into the next year, 2020, with all its own little problems, But it's going to be good because we can get back up again. We get knocked down, we can get back up. Thank you. (laughs)
1: I show what I would want. He makes me laugh and pastures green. He leads me back, pastures in the world's eyes. His goodness will start my soul. Matthew chapter 9 says this, uh, verse 35 Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. You know, wherever we go this week, we will encounter harassed and helpless people, people who have no hope, people who are stressed, people who are anxious, people who are frightened. And it's our responsibility to tell them about Jesus, to tell them about the Good Shepherd. Jesus has compassion on people. So my prayer this morning is that we would be a compassionate people because we follow the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd is in us and uh, that compassion, I pray that that compassion would overflow into us and into the lives of the people that we meet, whether that's in our workplace, in our homes, uh, in the village shop, wherever it is, wherever you go this week, may you know the presence of the Good Shepherd with you and that he guides you. That He would guide you. He would guide you into righteousness. He'd guide you into peace. He'd guide you into blessing amen amen thank you thank you for being with us this morning um we're gonna you, we're gonna ask again for you to help us to set down but not right away all right because what i've noticed is a cause and effect all right when you do something there's an effect and what's been happening over the last few weeks and it's been great that you've been helping us but what's happened is we pack away and everyone's gone Nobody hangs around to chat or to drink tea. So what we're going to do today is we're going to stop, every single one of us, we're going to stop and we're going to drink tea. We're going to chat and we're going to pray for one another. If you're feeling harassed and helpless today, then maybe just ask somebody to pray for you. And then once we've got a cup of tea and we've had a bit of a chat, I'd like, if you can, to come and help us with the setting away. Now, one of the, things, one of the other things we've noticed with the setting away is um, for those of you that are a bit inexperienced we need to help you we need to help you to learn how to pack away because we've noticed some things getting damaged all right so the the battery pack that that simon's wearing was we only bought it less than a month ago cost us over 150 pounds it's been slightly damaged and that's probably because it's not been put away properly so just little things like that Um, so drink tea first chat and then come and help us pack away. All right? Don't just rush off. It's important to have times of fellowship. Amen. See you next week. Don't forget to take Christmas invitations. And uh, have a great week.